Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hey folks, Dr. Tim Jordan back here with a brand new podcast. We come here every week on Raising Daughters and we talk about issues that are confronting your daughters and also ways you can support your daughters in, in their growing up. And I've got a special treat for you today, which I will tell you about in just a moment. But I, I want to talk about growing up and what, what our young people today are facing. Uh, and it's interesting. I, I read an article recently. There's a man named Jeffrey Arnett who created a new stage of life in the lifespan. He calls it the emerging adulthood. And he, he did that because in the old days, like back in the 60s, you know, you, you went to high school got out of high school, you'd get married by the time you were 20, you had your first kid a year later, and then you were, whoop, you're into your adulthood already. But that's not true today. It's not true at all. The average age for women to get married today is close to 28, for men it's, it's 30, and that's the average, which means a lot of young people today are waiting into their early, middle 30s at least to get married, maybe have kids. Um, the average young person today between in their 20s changes jobs seven times. So that old stage of you, you uh, get out of high school, you get married, you get a job, and you keep the same job for 40 years is no longer the case. And some young people today are struggling because of that. A couple other uh, quick points of data before I introduce my guest today. Um, there's a lot of adults today who are not very happy. Uh, the job satisfaction rate is that uh, the majority of people are not really happy with their jobs. Only 20% of people in this country, according to a survey in 2023, like a month ago, only 20% are passionate about their jobs. And about, only about half of them are very satisfied with their work. Um, also, there's a study done by a health company, uh, Cigna, that found that young adults aged 18 to 22 today are the loneliest generation of Americans we've ever had. They feel more disconnected and more isolated than even our nation's elderly. And here's a few data uh, points that I get from uh, the, this survey that goes out every year. It's called the College Students Mental Health Stats. It's through the National College Health Assessment. And in the spring of 2019, and I have uh, statistics from a, a year ago as well, but I, I couldn't find them for this podcast. This is surveying 86,000 students in 134 colleges across the country. Let me just tell you, and I'm, I'm going to give you the stats for women because they're way worse than the men's. This is within the last 12 months, have you felt things were hopeless? 59% of women said yes. Felt exhausted, and not physical exhaustion, but just like mentally, emotionally exhausted, 89%. Felt overwhelmed by all you had to do, 92%. Felt very lonely, 68%. Felt very sad, 75%. Felt overwhelming anxiety, 72%. Felt so depressed it was hard to function, 48% and felt more than average to tremendous stress, 63% of young people who were in college uh, had those statistics. In, in a group I was doing about a week ago, and these are high school girls, most of them who are sophomores, juniors, and seniors, for some reason the topic of growing up came up, and I was not surprised because I've heard before, but I was somewhat surprised again by all the angst and all the um, worry about growing up that these young people had. So what I thought I would do today for you parents listening in is allow you to listen in. I've got a group of four young women here who are all in high school. And so they, they have volunteered to talk about their feelings about growing up today and why maybe they're so worried about it, they're so scared about it, why they have a lot of negative feelings about it. 
Um, so you you are a junior in high school and a sophomore in high school and a senior and a senior. So two seniors, a junior and a sophomore. And thank you guys very much, by the way, for coming on. And so I, I've encouraged them to talk right into the microphone. If it becomes a little bit faint, overlook that. We're doing the best we can because the court isn't that long. And I don't have a, a million dollars editing studio to do that. So thank you so much for coming. And the first question I had is what we talked about in group a week ago, which is your feelings about growing up. Who wants to, who wants to start? Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm really scared about growing up. I feel like there's a lot of opportunities and like options like that are good. But for me, I feel like I get overwhelmed by all of those options. And I feel like I'm going to make the wrong decision on like what I want to do because I feel like it's for the rest of my life. And like switching career careers is kind of like frowned upon. So I feel like once I stick it or like get a career, I have to stick with it. But like all the career options that I'm looking into are so like extremely different because I don't know I don't want to go to school for like something medical and then and halfway through my life I'm like actually I want to become a pilot and fly planes and completely switch my career options and go back to school and spend all that money and debt is so scary and I feel like everyone lives in debt and it's like you never ever pay it off because you always have to buy stuff to like live your life like a house a car school like groceries every week it's like so much money and so now i'm looking into careers that make more money even if they don't make me happy but i want to be happy for the rest of my life in my career so i don't know i'm scared so i'm not sure about the rest of you listening to this but i'm stressed out right now i'm having heard all that and i want to quit my job and hide in a hide in a hole how about the rest of you what, what are your feelings about growing up for me, I feel like I'm particularly nervous about um, making a wrong decision and that if I make one wrong decision that it's going to impact like the whole entire rest of my life. So I feel like I'm mostly worried like if I pick the wrong career, then there's no going back from it. It's going to ruin my life. I'm going to waste years even if I am able to change it and go back to it. I feel like I'm going to be like wasting years of my life that I'm never going to get back. And like I've always heard like you start a job at 23 you know you go four years of college start a job at 23 or if you're a doctor you know you go to college eight years you're ready to go and like I I know from like my friends who have gone through college that they a lot of them switched their majors and wasted years of college and then like going to like tour colleges and they're like you might be here for five years and that's a new concept for me that I've been like lying awake thinking about because I'm worried that like what if I make that mistake what if I don't know exactly what I want to do right now as a 17 year old that is going to be what I do for the rest of my life then I'm going to waste years of my life that I could have been working making money um and that then I'm going to be homeless and not have any money and I'm not gonna know what to do anymore so I'm just worried it's going to ruin my life if I don't know exactly what I want to do right now okay who else wants to comment? Either, yeah. For me, growing up is really scary because of the responsibility that you have to take. Um, I mean, throughout your whole life, you have to obviously take responsibility for all of your actions. But the older you get, the more the the more unshielded you are by your parents and by the people who love you. And when you're younger, they can sort of like protect you from that, and they can like take partial responsibility because obviously when you're younger you can't like there's things that you can't do like you have your limits but as you grow up as you grow up you have to you have to slowly like take on those things and I'm, it's just scary to like I'm gonna have to have like all of that on my plate and I'm gonna have to be the one who handles all of that and I'm not gonna have like someone who can make the authoritative decisions for me I'm gonna have to do that myself Um, for me, I feel like a lot of the times I like, I'm just not like prepared. Like, I don't know how to clean. I never learned how to cook. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I feel like if I don't like get it right on the first time, it's like really frowned upon. And like, I feel like at me, I'm like very like, I'm a perfectionist person. So if I mess up, like I mess up for the rest of my life kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So like, same with like, that doesn't just go with like cleaning and cooking and stuff like that, but just like living life, taxes. I don't know how to do taxes, you know? So, yeah. 
become president, then you don't have to pay taxes, apparently. Well, where did you hear that this thing about if you make a mistake or wrong decision when you're 18 or 22? Where, where have you heard that that derails your whole life and, you, and then you're screwed? Because it's, that's not true. That's absolutely not true. And if you don't believe me, interview all the adults you know that you bump into and say, did you ever make a mistake? Or did you know when you were my age, blah, blah, blah. And almost everybody will say, oh, no, I've made lots of mistakes. A lot of very successful entrepreneurs that Ann and I have been working with in the last 20 years all over the world, all of them had failures in their businesses before they caught on with something. But where have you learned that, that if you make one mistake, your whole life is screwed? I feel like for me, it's kind of just been part of like, growing up where like my mom talks to me about a lot of things and like we'll be in the car and she'll just like talk to me about like college and this is how it's going to be or um you know growing up my perspective of all adults were that they were perfect and like looking at how perfect their lives were and I was like I'm never going to have a perfect life like that because um I just I guess i made myself think that I would never have a perfect life like them even though they don't have perfect lives but like as a child growing up I didn't understand how they could get to be where they are if they made any mistakes and so um I guess kind of through like conversations with my family and parents and um just kind of my own like perception of adults it was kind of like I see that like they're all perfect in my eyes so I have to be perfect as well. Yeah, I, I'm going to ask some of you the same question, but just before I forget, um, you know, I, I've, one of the things that Ann and I encourage parents to do is share their stories. Because what you're saying is you see the finished product, you see, oh, they got this cool job if they do, and they have their life, whatever, and you didn't see them when they were 18. You didn't see them when they were 14 with zits. You didn't see them when they were going through their awkward stages. You didn't see them probably when they were making their mistakes or had some failures or whatever. And you may not even know that because if they don't share that. So you see that they went from here, point A at 18, to however old your parents are now, they're 40 or 50 or whatever, and you think, oh, I guess they just went the straight line there without any pauses or any ups or downs, and it's just not true. So that's one mistake I think a lot of parents make is they don't share their stories. So you do hear the, the bumps that they had. For me, it's kind of similar to you. It's like in my family, my mom has a really big family and all of her siblings, like all my aunts and uncles have stable jobs and like I've never heard any of them. They didn't switch majors in college. They went straight into a job. So for me, like all of them, the pressure of them all knowing what to do and sure they worked their way up or they quit their job and found a new one or something happened, like they still worked and were able to like know what they wanted to do from a young age unless they didn't and they just haven't told me which could very much be the case to me from the outside it just looks like everyone already knows what they want to do and has their life planned out and like if they have made mistakes they're able to bounce back from them but for some reason in my mind I think that that's so difficult for like me to do as a 17 year old to make such a like a crucial mistake in like my youth of wanting to study something that later on in life I'm completely like I don't know devastated in my choices of picking that so I think one I'm not sure if this pertains to you exactly but I think one experience a lot of people in your generation have had is that their parents have done a lot for them which I mean you're all nodding you think that may or may not be, you're all saying it's yes. probably true and you know, we, this is such a cliche, and you were overprotecting our kids, we're overindulging our kids, blah, blah, blah. And I think there's some truth to it. And I think one consequence of that is that as you start to move out of the home, you may not have had enough adversities that you had to fight through and overcome to where you have developed the confidence that says, I've had some tough times before, and I faced them, I overcame them, therefore, if I have more in the future, I'll handle it. So if you haven't been allowed to or in a, you know able to handle them, I think it, it probably does take away some of your confidence for the future. Other comments about um, that part about about um, changing majors or changing careers. Like by the way, you know that I changed my career, right? No. <laughs> I'm not their parent. Okay. Well, well, I, was, I went to medical school. I did my residency. I was a pediatrician, so I don't. Do, I haven't done medicine. Well, you know that. Yeah. You didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so I stopped doing medicine, medicine 30-something years ago. I just didn't like it, uh, the office thing. I mostly didn't like the, 
the inflexibility. I had a beeper every other night. I was in a, a practice with one other guy, and I, I had three little kids. I thought I want more flexibility, and I wanted to do more of my subspecialty, the developmental behavioral pediatrics thing. So I stopped medicine back in like the late 80s and uh, started doing what I do now. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> but, you know, I didn't have a plan. And things like, you know, the radio show and things like the podcast, things like camp, things like all that stuff just sort of came along the way, like those dots that I, that I talk about. What have you learned um, by watching your families that may have either give you confidence or maybe has not given you confidence about, um, about your futures? One thing that I have seen with like my parents, um, I have heard some stories about like mistakes that they've made in their lives and how they've like overcome it. And one thing that scares me about that is like, what if I'm not as strong as they were? And like, what if I can't have the like mental strength to overcome, like not even the same things, but like things of the same like level of difficulty or even like a, a minimal level of difficulty compared to that. I don't know, it just, it just, it's just scary to think about, like, having to face that, like, alone. I don't know. Well, first of all, you don't have to be alone because hopefully you'll have friends. Hopefully you'll still have family. You may, you may get married someday. You may, you may have a partner. I mean, so you won't be alone. So I, I would make sure you don't convince yourself of that. And also, I think as you go along, you can't help but have adversities, right? You can't help but have to stumble sometimes or make mistakes. And so then you'll have experiences. If you haven't already, you will, life will throw you curveballs that you'll have to overcome. And that, that usually gives people confidence that says, well, actually, maybe I do have the, the ability, the brain power, the whatever, to, to allow me to problem solve, figure things out, overcome obstacles. What else? How about you, the rest of you? What have you learned from watching your families that maybe have given you confidence or taken away your confidence about growing up? For me, I don't know. My dad works in like, physical labor I don't know he, he works yeah so he works like all day every day like leaves at six in the morning comes back at nine at night and like for that's like and he barely gets weekends off so it's like I barely ever see him but he is making money for us which is a positive and a negative for me because recently he's like been able to take some time off and he seems like fine but I know that those long hours and days are super stressful and I'm not planning on working that long but like I don't know I'm scared that I'm gonna get really stressed out at my job and that'll like kind of change me and it just it seems like I feel like all jobs are stressful to some extent and like there's positive and negatives that go along with that but I feel like for me, being stressed is something that takes over like my everyday life, my thought process, my actions and everything. So it's like, I feel like if I overwork myself, then something's going to change either in my mental or physical and like, I'm just not going to be okay, but it's not going to matter because I'm not going to be able to take time off because I need to make money to live. So like seeing my dad be able to work those hours and like still come home and he does that like almost every day kind of is encouraging that in like later on in life it's just like a routine at that point so it's like even though right now I'm fearing it like you just kind of get used to the lifestyle and you learn how to work around it and you're able to like figure out how to live when your job is demanding or maybe it'll inspire you to have a different kind of career where you don't have to work from six in the morning till nine at night. And you, you may want more time with your family, more balance, if you will. I mean, I mean, people, there's choices and you have kids. I just, I'm not criticizing your dad. I'm just saying you, you might make different choices. Like that, one of the choices I made to leave pediatrics was because my dad was never around. I, I had seven siblings. He worked those kind of, he, he left the house at about 6.30 in the morning, got home at 10.30 at night, five nights a week. And on Saturdays, he got home at 6.30 in the evening. So... I said, when I have kids someday, I will be there for them. It wasn't a criticism. It's just about I get what it's like to not have a parent around. So it might inspire you to do it different. Yeah, um, I think for me, my parents both work like office jobs. And so I see them like similarly, um, like they just like work a lot of overtime. And I feel like like 
in order for me to like achieve like enough money to like survive I'm gonna have to like work like all the time overtime like like past like what's like expected of me and I feel like I just like don't want to live that life like that just doesn't sound appealing to me I know and it's just like I feel like I don't I'm like scared I'm gonna get stuck in that loop and I'm just like not gonna have time for like myself or like to like I feel like I'm just like not gonna like thrive you know what I mean so also, I, what I hear from a lot of young people, I, I think you may have heard from some of you before, perhaps in group or something, is a lot of people are worried, looking at not just their parents, but relatives, the adult world, whoever they know, they're worried about settling. Um, that that's one of their fears about growing up is they see a lot of people who, in their minds at least, have settled, aren't very happy in their job and their marriages. 40, I think I saw the other day, 42 or 46% of marriages today still end in divorce. So, you know, a lot of half-ish of people get divorced, which means they were unhappy in their in their relationship. So, I'm I'm curious, have you guys ever thought about worried about settling? Um, I feel like I'm worried about settling not because like exactly what Um, I don't know how to explain this. I feel like for me it's mostly like I'm worried that I'm going to make the wrong choice and be unhappy like in marriage like what if I marry the wrong person and then like I don't want to be another statistic of someone who is divorced but at the same time like it's hard for me to know how I'm gonna know if I'm in love with someone like especially because my parents um they have been married they've never gotten divorced um they're both my parents um but they you know don't really show affection very often so I often wonder if I'm gonna have like a life where maybe I am in love with my partner like my parents both say that they're in love but I don't ever see it happening and I'm worried I think internally that they're maybe not in love and so then it makes me think that like if I pick the wrong person then I'm going to ruin my life I guess that I'm not going to be happy that I'm going to hurt someone's feelings that I'm you know maybe going to ruin my future children's lives um things like that and like not saying my parents have like ruined my life because of that but But I hear you saying though is that you've seen them have a a quote-unquote loveless marriage there's not much passion spark and that worries you yeah yeah I want a very passionate like relationship that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Like I want to be an 80 year old who's like in love going on dates with my partner. I don't want to be like raising kids and seeing each other an hour a day and, you know, giving them a kiss on the head and going to sleep in my separate bed. Like I don't want a life like that. And so I feel like mostly my parents are really the only role models that I have in my life to look for in like a romantic relationship. And so that definitely worries me for the future. How about the rest of you? Any worries about settling? You all nod your heads before. Um, one thing that worries me about settling is I like can't, I don't know how to explain this, <laughs> um, but I don't know like if I want to be in one place all the time mm-hmm. And if I, like, want to, like, like, I want to settle, like, with a family and, like, have a partner who, like, loves me. But I also want to, like, take every opportunity as it comes. And I I don't want to prohibit myself from that by being, like, bound Mm -hmm. to something. But I also don't want to prohibit myself from, like, making close, like, connections with people because I'm trying to, like, take all these opportunities. So I feel like it's, like, a hard balance that, like, I don't know how to balance yet. And that's, like, complicated. (laughs) So you're worried that you can't or won't be able to because you don't have many models of that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Do you ever worry about settling? Yeah, mine is kind of, I don't know, my opinion is kind of similar to both of theirs. Like, I want to travel. I do not want to be in one place. I want to go to Europe. I want to be out of Missouri in the United <laughs> States. Like, I, I feel like with that, I need to find somebody who's willing to do that with me, which is kind of hard because I don't want to settle down in one place forever. Like that seems kind of scary to me. 
and I just want to be able to travel the world and make enough money to travel the world, but like be able to stay in different places for like months or maybe years at a time and maybe eventually like later on in my life settle down. But while I'm young, I feel like I've got to, I've got to see the world and like whenever I'm able to, like, I don't want to, I feel like I'd be different whenever I see the world as an 80 year old versus when I see it in my 20s and 30s and I'll be able to do more stuff and experience more things and like be able to appreciate the world as it is because it's not going to be the same whenever I'm older. Well, I think I think having a clear vision and your vision can change. You, you're 17, 18, whatever. It can change. I mean, you may want something totally different five years, 10 years from now. But let's just assume for a minute that your vision stays the same and you want to travel, you don't want to be tied down and all that. You want to see the world. You can. Even even like, you know, you know one of my sons, because uh, he, he comes to camp, but the other son, John, hasn't been to camp for a long time. But uh, John and his wife, is a, they've been married mm, four years, and they're in their kind of middle 30, early mid-30s. They took off uh, this past fall and, and were gone for three and a half months. They, uh, John was in between films and, and she has a, a job uh, where she can, you know, take off and all that. So they went to Southeast Asia for, for three plus months and just traveled all over. He got his scuba certification in Thailand. They went to a bunch of places where they were diving and blah, 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 blah. And TJ, who you know, he and his wife right now, in, as we speak, are in Hawaii for like three and a half, four months. They both got off their jobs. They somehow figured that out. And so they saved up their money. And so they're, they, they, want, to, they want to have kids soon. And so they want to have this kind of experience first because it's a little harder to just take off for four months if you have a kid or two or three or whatever. So, so you can do it. Um, so, but you may have to you may have to find people and and talk to them. So how did you do it? How did you create this lifestyle? How did you how did you create this for yourselves? If you haven't seen it from your parents, you may have to to see it or talk to people who have done it. Um, I, I I don't want you. You know, I, you said something at the beginning that there's so many choices. It wasn't you who said there's so many choices today. And I've, I've heard that a lot too, that there are a lot of choices. And I think people have been telling you young women your whole lives, you can be anything you want and the world is your oyster and break through ceilings and you, know, you can be and do and, and all this. And I think sometimes that puts pressure on like, yikes, what am I supposed to do? And then there's this whole bunch of things you can do. Uh, you know, a, a generation or so ago, like when I was growing up, you were a nurse or a teacher if you're a woman, right? Or you're a house homemaker and you were a homemaker starting when you were 20. You guys are all, they're all frowning like they're going to throw up. Um, so, so yes, there are way more options, but on the other hand, for, for a lot of young women and girls, I think it looks like, yeah, there are a lot of choices, which is great. And wow, it's, it's confusing and it makes me feel unsettled. What if I do the wrong one? How many of you have experienced that? Because there's so many choices. Who wants to talk about that? Yeah, no, I definitely have that because like I am more scared about like the fact that I'm going to choose a job and then I'm like not I'm going to be like stuck with that job and not be able to get another one that I'm like more happy with, which I know isn't exactly true. But like that's just what my mind keeps telling me. And like I feel like I just like I like don't know if there is like a job even like with so many possibilities if there's a job out there that is like so great and like will give me the freedom to do the things I want because all the adults around me are constantly saying how much they hate their jobs and like I I just have this mindset where like there is no good jobs so that's why I said talk to some other adults well I mean it talk to as many adults as you can so you will hear some stories about people who did you know, go off the, the beaten path and who did a different and, and got frustrated in one career and went and started another career. There's there's two good books, by the way. I, I don't want to forget to mention. I guess I'll do it now. One of them is, is called The Defining Decade by Meg Jay. Did I tell you guys about this before? She's, an, she's a great author. I read a book called Supernormal. She wrote about all the adversities that kids go through. And I interviewed her for, for the podcast. And I interviewed her for this other book, The Defining Decade, about six months ago. It's about your 20s. And she makes a very compelling case that because some people your age and a little older in their 20s feel like the 20s are their blow off decade. Like I can just like, you know, work at a coffee shop and like screw around and play video games and live in my parents' basement. And then when I turn 30, then I need to kind of 
you know, get on it and get serious. And But she makes a very compelling case that that's not really true, that your 20s is a really valuable decade to kind of set the stage for. doesn't mean you have to have your exact thing in place. It just means you start to accumulate what she calls identity capital, experience, like my dot theory, experiences that, that you start to accumulate. It starts to tell you, what am I good at? And what are my interests? And what are my passions? And I start, I'm going to start to interview people, have a cup of coffee with people and say, tell me about your lifestyle when you have this kind of job. And how did you get to be able to create a job where you could travel so much, blah, blah, blah. So I don't want you to feel stuck because you've seen some adults who settled, quote unquote, and are stuck and, and feel like they can't do anything else because that's just not true. The other book besides The Defining Decade that you all should read too is called Finding Your Element by Ken Robinson. He wrote a book called The Element, uh, which is like, how do you find your thing? Like when you're in your element, uh, like your your purpose, your you know, your career path, the thing that really you're passionate about. But the finding your element, it was similar, but he has all these exercises at the end of each chapter about things you can think about, write about, to start accumulating. What have I learned about myself up till now that might be pointing me towards this kind of job or this kind of career? So I know you guys are 17, 18, so it may be a little young to know, but at least you can start to be thinking in terms of even up till now in your 17, 18 years, what have I learned about me that might be telling me something about, about what I might end up becoming, even, even if you don't have to know. Who else wants to share about the part about, um, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, that, that this is, well, it was, we were talking about settling, but also about um, being stuck and not having to, was that? And having uh, having all the choices and so many choices. Who else gets overwhelmed by all that? I feel like for me, um, I do get overwhelmed by choices, kind of less in the sense of jobs and more in the sense of like, the second I move out, it's all me. Like the second I move out, it's I make my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I, you know, fix my car myself if I have a question. Like I, um, I have to protect myself at night. Like I have to... I have to take care of everything. I have to wake myself up. I have to, I have the responsibility of every single thing in my entire life. And I feel like that really scares me because um, growing up, I was never really given opportunities to learn from like my mistakes. It was kind of like a, you go to bed now, you can't stay up into like you you can't stay up you can't like this is your curfew um you don't get to make choices to see what the mistakes will be you're not allowed to make the mistakes we'll tell you what the mistakes are but you don't get to see them firsthand it's kind of like we will plan your life out and plan your um all your choices out for you so you don't actually make the mistakes and then they talk through the mistakes for me so instead of being able to experience them and know what to do in different situations I feel like I'm just like given like a stack of anxiety of like here's all these mistakes that you can make you've never made them so you have no idea how to make them or every single thing you do like you and and I think also too as a child I was always told every single choice you make has a consequence and you know like positive consequences and negative consequences and I've always been told like literally every single choice you make what you eat for breakfast you know what you what you you know, choose to wear, what time you leave for school, like every single thing has a positive and negative consequence. And I was never really allowed to figure out for myself how to do any single thing that could correlate with a negative consequence. And I mean, you know, like in my middle school years, I made mistakes myself to give myself my own negative consequences. But um, any choices that like a kid should be able to learn from to prepare themselves for adulthood I was never really given that option to make myself so now as I'm you know getting ready to move out to college I am sick thinking about how am I going to make all these choices when they're all just going to be this like stack of negative consequences that I've never been able to find out for myself yikes (laughs) no I'm scared (laughs) well the other side of the coin, though, is you're going to be making mostly good choices and experiencing the fulfillment and the joy that you make when you make a good decision, a good choice. What's that? How do I know what you Well, you start making choices. You have six months before you go off into the world somewhere, right? So maybe, you, maybe that's one of the things that you can do. From for the next six months, you think it's only six months. Well, with six months is I'm going to really be conscious about, you know, things as simple as how much sleep do I need? 
what time do I need to go to bed in order to be able to wake up at the time I have to wake up to go to school and blah, blah, blah. And if I want to save money or whatever it is, you can start making those choices now. Even if your parents have some other ideas, you can have a mindset that says, I'm going to make it about me now to prepare myself so that six months from now it won't be such a big leap. It'll still be a transition, but maybe it won't be quite so drastic. It's your mindset now. I mean, you're 18, right? Are you 17? But almost 18. She's a senior. So, so I know. So I think that I remember when we, we took our daughter Kelly to college to the, um, not the open house, but the orientation. It was like the, the spring before she was starting in the fall. I remember sitting with a bunch of parents in the auditorium and, and she was with us for a while. They were giving talks and, and then the, the, the young people left to go sign up for their first semester classes and blah, blah, blah. And so the parents were there and this guy who was the head of student affairs or something started giving us this lecture. And, he's, and, he, and he's, I remember him saying, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's almost these exact words. He said, okay, parents, this is a time when you need to start letting go. And I thought to myself, if this is when you're going to start letting go, your kids are screwed. For the, for the, because of what you just said a minute ago, which is that you should have been letting go 18 years ago, all along the way, so that the, the bigger letting go when you're 18 isn't that big because you've been letting go of those little ways all the way. And I'll never forget, too, after he gave us this lecture, he said, okay, your, your sons and daughters will be in this lobby. Uh, they're, they're signing up their classes. They're not going to let you into the room because we want them to start you know, signing up their own classes and doing this for themselves. I'm like, good. We go out in the hallway, and there are parents screaming and pound, literally, I'm not exactly, pounding on the door. And kids are coming out crying because they can't figure it out. And their parents are crying. I was like, what in the poop is this? It was a disaster, not for everybody, but for a lot of them, because they weren't prepared. So parents listening to this podcast, I hope you heard what she said. And no matter what level your daughter's at today, it's never too late to start letting go. And those simple things like, what time do I need to wake up in the morning? And how am I going to wake myself up? And how much sleep do I need? And blah, blah, blah. And how do I, make, how do, I do my own laundry? And how do I... All those little things add up to confidence when you, when you start doing them for yourselves. Anybody else get overwhelmed by the choices? Yeah, so I'm a sophomore in high school, and we were doing like our course registration for classes this week, and I was having to choose, this is so, like, and when I talk about it, it's like, oh my gosh, but I had to choose between an AP calculus class or an AP statistics class, and... <laughs> Well, because the only classes I have left are AP classes, and so I had to choose, and um, I was like talking, I was talking with my um, my advisor and the head of the math department and my friends and everyone, and they were like giving me their advice, and they all told me like to choose, like one to choose, but I still had to like go and call my dad for like the validation, mm -hmm. and I called him, and he was, he was on a photo shoot, and I called him, and he was like very distracted and busy, and I was like, I just need an answer, and he was like, I can't give you one, and I was like, well, I can't, I can't do this unless you give me an answer, and so he just told me one, and then, and then that's what I wrote down on the paper. But yeah, I went back and changed it though, because I went and talked to my teacher again, and um, then I talked to the the head of the math department. That was crazy. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It's and then and then looking back on it, it was like that was a lot to do to just select like a math class. Like it's like not like it wasn't that big of a deal, but like I blew it up so much because I was like nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna like what if I take this one and then I can't take this class in a year and then I can't do this in college and I won't have this blah blah. But it's like it doesn't really matter that much. But like now I know that. But like in the moment, it was like really intense for like yeah. yeah. So this is one of those moments you learn from. Right. You, you, in retrospect, what I hear you saying is I made too big a deal out of this. It. Not that big of a deal. I can always pick up a different class. And if I don't take this one in high school, I can pick up and it's, I made it into a way bigger thing maybe than I needed to. And maybe what you could have learned if you didn't is what I needed to do besides getting all this information was to go to my room and close the door and get quiet and check in with myself. That's the only person I didn't hear you checked in with. You checked in with the head of the math department and your advisor and your teacher and your dad and somebody else, I think, and you didn't check in with you, maybe. So that's that's one of the things that if you all haven't learned how to do that, learn how to cultivate your quiet time where you kind of check in and say, what, which one feels right to me? Um, you know, I, I remember there's one of the books, oh, I've got a million books, one of the Malcolm Gladwell books, I think it was Tipping Point. He talked about making decisions and research on that. 
And the people who were trying to make a decision that's by, by buying a TV set or something, the, the people who made these long lists of pros and cons end up making less good choices than people who just went with like, you know what, I, I just, I, I checked it out, but I just feels like this is the right one. Those people tend to make better choices than the ones who got so stressed out and, and all that. So sometimes it is about learning how to access your gut, your inner voice, all that stuff, which you guys are like laughing at me a little bit because you've heard me talk about before, but it is true. If you learn how to cultivate that kind of quiet time, it, it will make it easier to make choices. And if, and if down the road you decide, yeah, actually, I really wish I'd done the other one, then you do the other one. I hear what you say about that, but I feel like for me, um, my parents never really let me make any choices. So for me, when you say something like that, it gives me so much fear, like especially with your math classes. Like I am so codependent on my parents because they've made me be codependent on my parents that um, I have to, um, you know, fear every single choice is going to be like not something that I personally could make because I'm scared that I'm not like if I listen to what I think I'm, you know, I have no experience. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm codependent on my parents, so they know what they're doing. They have always made the choices for me. So as an adult, how in the world am I going to make the choices when, you know, I've always depended on them? And I think it scares me like I wouldn't be able to just go in my room and close the door and just make a decision for myself. I would have to, like, have to get the reassurance from other people. So you might have to change what you just said in your head that said, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't believe that. How many of you believe that she doesn't know what she's doing? She's very mature. And I know, I've known her for a while. She's very mature and she's very with it. Now, I get that you lack the confidence because you haven't had much experience in making those kind of choices. I get that. So you start wherever you're at. You start making, maybe make the smaller choices. We, I mentioned bedtime. I keep saying that. About what you eat today, what you know, how much sleep you need, and those smaller choices day by day. And you start to build confidence. Then the bigger ones will become easier. It's, you have to start somewhere wherever you are sometime and there's going to be some fear at first maybe so that's part of it there's going to be uncertainty am i did i make the right choice am i gonna you know whatever but remind yourself if i make a quote-unquote wrong choice with what math i'm taking as a junior in high school it's not going to derail my life if i make the wrong choice with quote-unquote wrong choice with my major after my first year in college it doesn't derail my life i'll just go into something else and it wasn't a you said you all said before a wasted year or a wasted whatever it's not wasted you learn something you learn what you didn't like and it may guide you towards something you like better and then so it's never wasted the failures the mistakes are never wastes they're just you know you have to remind yourself those are learning experiences i was just gonna say my like i don't know my experience has kind of been the opposite like recently, I also had to sign up for classes and I couldn't decide on which science class I wanted to take, either physics or like investigative science. And my <laughs> my mom was just like, she was telling me her opinion. And obviously I asked like all my friends what classes they were taking. But in the end, it was like up to me. And most of my classes, I was kind of just like, I don't know, my school, you have the opportunity where you can drop a class like the first two weeks or whatever. And I just kind of figured... I'm going to be taking some harder classes, so I went with investigative science, but like I, I don't know, I'm able to make those decisions on my own, which I think is really helpful, like what time I need to go to bed and what time I need to wake up because my parents have been kind of lenient on that. Like, of course, whenever I was younger, they made like strict rules, but as I'm growing up, they're being a lot more lenient, which I think has really positively like affected me. And I'm not really scared of my classes next year or the choices that I have to take of the classes that I need because I know that if I mess up like I'm able to take a new one in high school like this is for high school for me it's kind of like the building blocks to college so I'm able to like make mistakes in which classes I need to choose and like if I don't end up happy with one it's only for a semester or maybe half a semester so it's like I can just get through it but I feel like it's different for me in college because that's what I'm going to like be into the rest of my life like if I for my I don't know, the classes that I need to take. I know a lot of people, including like some of my family members have like undecided majors. But for me, I feel like I need to know what I'm going to do at the beginning of college. Cause if I want to do something in the medical field, but I'm not fully decided my first year, like how far back is that going to set me? 
And that's what I'm kind of worried about with my decision making. I didn't choose pre-med till my junior year. I did education classes. I thought I might want to be a teacher. I did. I was in three plays. I thought I might want to be an actor. I did the pre-med biology and chemistry, and so I thought I might want to be a pediatrician. But it did load up my junior year. My junior year was hell. I had microbiology, organic chemistry, and physics. It was it was three it was three labs. I was on the tennis team. I was working every night at dinner in the cafeteria. It was it was a really tough year. But but, but you manage. I manage. You would manage. Um, I want to know, um, because we're running out of time here, this has been awesome. So if you had to give one piece of advice to parents about about what they can do differently or what they could do with their daughters to help them to have a more positive, confident attitude about growing up and moving on and transitioning, what would you say, based upon your experience, what we've talked about and your experience in life? For me, I feel like um, making your child make their own mistakes, like even if you can see it coming from a mile away and you're like, don't do this, this will lead up, like end up, you'll do this. Of course, if it's like they're going to end up in jail, (laughs) I would say something and like strongly advise not to. But I feel like for the small mistakes, even if you can see them coming, your daughter might see it a different way and maybe expect a different outcome. So like if the outcome that you were expecting happens then she learns from that mistake and like almost you can help guide her in those ways but if you fully prevent her from making those mistakes she's gonna have no clue how to react if they ever happen um for me i would say like let them know that like adults make mixed mistakes too like i think that's really important to be like everyone makes mistakes it's gonna happen like you'll you'll live kind of thing and I think that's really important to like let that be known that like it's okay to make mistakes for me I would say um that like you aren't like your parents like I know that that's like kind of like a cliche like obviously like your your own person but I feel like for me at least I've always been like I am my father's daughter and my mother's daughter and like um just like finding the sense of like individuality and like the confidence of like I can make different choices even if like I like I like see that they've ended up like where they've ended up just like knowing that like not everything is like set in stone and that isn't like a bad thing I would probably say um just being able to you know have conversations with your child but allow them to make the mistake kind of like um what you were saying just like being able to let go a little bit um but still be there to help them through it so that one it strengthens your relationship with them so that they know that you're there for them through hard times but also allowing them to have those hard times so that they feel confident that they can make choices without having to fear um scary mistakes that aren't going to um ever be able to be fixed because if you show them that they can make the mistake they can make their own choices and then show them that their mistake can be fixed. They'll be able to, I feel like, be a lot less stressed out when they are an adult and have to make those choices themselves. You know, one of the things I say to parents, and I'm going to say it both ways, one of the things I say to parents a lot is that by the time girls are your age, I think you start needing to get out of the habit of thinking you know what's best for your daughter. And the transition is that your daughter needs to start learning more about what's best for her that she she's the one who should be the expert on her life because she isn't you like like you were saying and that's it that's a transition both ways so i think your parents need to start letting go and allowing not just mistakes but allowing you to have your own interest some of you may follow passions or interests or your parents are like oh my gosh that's you know they, they don't understand like my parents didn't understand when i stopped being a pediatrician you went to medical school why don't you want to be a doctor well i am a doctor and i just doing it different but they didn't quite they couldn't wrap their heads around it so sometimes parents can't quite get why you may be going down a, an alternative or a different kind of path but but it's okay because it's not their path it's not their life so but your transition is is even if you don't have the confidence to know what you want that you just trust that I will gain the confidence by making little choices along the way. And I do need to know what's best for me. It's not their life anymore. It's my life. Um, I also, I, I like the idea about not just letting your daughters make mistakes, but allowing them to, to fight through it, overcome it, and then to step back and, and ask them, what'd you learn about that? What'd you learn about yourself? How'd you do that? What'd you learn that might be different for next time? And to share your stories, moms and dads. 
uh, about your awkward phases and your and your mistakes and your failures and your times when you also felt uncertainty at certain points in your life. They may have had there's a, there's a couple of books over there called The Right Words at the Right Time by Marlo Thomas. Uh, she's a famous actress. Her dad was Danny Thomas, who the one who did St. Jude's Hospital. Anyway, um, she wrote a book, The Right Words at the Right Time. There's probably 50 or 80 stories in each of the books about like two or three pages. People you would know, like famous politicians or newscasters or athletes or whoever, who were struggling at a certain time in their life. And then someone said the right words at the right time. And they go, oh, and it helped them to find a better direction. So I think if you talk to your parents or most adults, they can almost always look back and say, oh yeah, I had somebody. I remember when I was blank, somebody said this to me. So I would trust that 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 mentors will you know find you. You'll find them, they'll find you, that people appear sometimes when you when you need them. You will bump into people who can give you the right words at the right time. I would look for models. If there's people in your lives who who settled, quote unquote, who aren't in, who are in a loveless marriage and you want something different, then look for other models who have what you're looking for and spend time with them if you can. It could be your friend's parents. It could be an aunt or an uncle or I don't know, whoever. Find people who, who can be a, a different kind of template than maybe what you grew up with. I think that's important. Uh, any, any other last words for parents? They're all nodding, they're nodding their heads no. I don't want you to be afraid to, to grow up because yes, there is more responsibility. I know that feels like a huge weight. And there are a lot of choices, which feels like, oh my God, that's so overwhelming. And there's also excitement and there's adventure and there's choice. You'll be able to make your own decisions. And, you'll, and like you're saying, you'll be able to make your own mistakes and learn from your mistakes and then figure it out. All that is good. Don't over-focus on the fear part and the negative stuff because that's part of growing up. But but that's not that's not the best part. That's not the big part, I guess, unless you make it. So thank you all so much for educating our parents today. And this may be a good podcast you listen to with your daughters after you've listened to it like already because we're at the end of it. Maybe sit down with your daughter and listen to it and then, then talk about it. Talk about how they feel about that. Talk to your daughters about what they've noticed so far. What are their observations? Are they feeling some of the same things that these four young women are, have faced? It would open up some good conversations for you to get to know your daughters better and also to allow your daughters to tell you, this is the kind of support that I need at this age. And I would listen to that carefully because a lot of times parents say, I don't know how to support them. I say, ask, ask them, what do you need? What feels good and what doesn't feel good? Okay, so thank you so much as always for dropping by here um, to these podcasts every week. You can check out the show notes on our website. Be, they, I always have links on there to different things and all, all the resources that we offer. I appreciate you passing these on to other people. Do you think would be interested in them? I'll see you back here in a week. <laughs>